Father. We are not slaves to fear, Father. We're sons and daughters of love, Father. And your perfect love has driven out fear, Father. Because our trust is in you. Our trust is in your great and mighty love, Father. We thank you, Father, that that love has set us free, Father. That love has set us on a course, Father, of righteousness, joy, and peace in you, Holy Ghost. Your love that conquers all. We thank you for that awesome, mighty love, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, oh God. We thank you that we can be called your children, oh God. What man our love, Father. Thank you for such a great love. Father, we just thank you for your presence today, Father. You are here. No matter what one may feel, you are here because you are faithful. You're faithful to your children. You're faithful to your word. And we honor you, Father. We honor your presence. We open up our hearts, oh God. We open our hearts to you and say, have your way. Do as you will and you please, Father. Minister, Father, to today, to those, oh God, who have answers on their minds that they can't, uh, questions on their mind that they can't answer, Father. Lord, that are dealing with things, oh God, that are weighing them down. You are the glory and the lifter of their heads, oh God. You are their comfort, oh God. You are their strength, Father. You are the God who sets them free from all oppression, from all torment, oh God. You are the one who causes peace to rise up in them and give them the answer that they need. Father, we just pray for this family called Passion Church. Father, we've, we suffered a loss, Father. But we know that they're with you. And Father, we pray for the family of Miss Winifred Phillips, oh God. We thank you that you are comforting them by your spirit with the comfort you only can bring. And we thank you for the labors that you take across your path that minister that same comfort, Father, to their hearts, giving them assurance, oh God, that those that trust in you will see her again. Father, that she is in their future, that she is with you completely whole, rejoicing in your presence, oh God, sitting in a great cloud of witnesses, cheering us on, saying, come on, take hold of the purpose of God, go forward, don't look back, keep pressing forward, there is victory ahead, there's assurance in God ahead, keep going forward. And Father, we receive that encouragement, oh God. We receive that and say, oh God, we are your sons and daughters. And we take hold of your purpose, oh God. We take hold, oh God, of your vision, oh God. 
and we say we are your vessels. Use us as you will. Use us as you will, oh God, to minister those that are hurting, to minister those that are broken, oh God, to minister those that are lost, oh God, to our Father, to give of all that we have, not only of our substance, Father, but laying down our lives for your purposes, for your plans, oh God. Not our own wills, but your will, Father. We say be done through us, oh God. Father, show yourself strong. Thank you, Father, for Pastor Norris, oh God, as he ministers today, oh God. We know that you're with him, oh God. And we thank you, Lord God, that he's led by your spirit, Father. That the word he speaks, Lord God, it is spirit and it is life, oh God. And that the anointing, Father, destroys jokes and removes burdens, oh God. And Father, that our hearts are open to receive the engrafted word which delivers our souls, Father. Thank you, Father, for you and our Lord Jesus, that he is lifted up here today and that men are drawn to him. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen, amen. amen. Well, welcome you this morning but before you're seated just turn and greet one or two people then you may be seated in the presence of God hallelujah Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Passion Church. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Trust that you entered into worship with us this morning. Sense the presence of God. You know, that's really what it's about. You know, we're doing a, a series this month about fellowship. And you know, the apostle wrote, he said, Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. You know, that's the difference between Christianity and every other so-called religion in the world is that we have a relationship and a fellowship with a living God, a loving God. That's the whole difference in all of it. It's not about rule keeping. It's not about, uh, you know, uh, doing everything just right. It's about a relationship. You know, He's the plumb line for our life. When our relationship and our fellowship is right with Him, you know what? Our whole life begins to line up. Amen? We have peace. We have joy. We have provision. We have purpose. Why? Because we have fellowship. And you know, that extends to one another too. We need each other, don't we? Our fellowship with one another. So I welcome you here this morning to Passion Church. I'm Pastor Norris. If this is your first time here, I'm the lead pastor uh, for this local congregation. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, in just a moment or two, the ushers are going to come down. They're going to pass out uh, offering envelopes. This is a time when we continue to worship God with our giving. And they're also going to pass out some red and white info cards. And uh, if you're here for the first time, if you take one of those, I think there's only about three lines on there. We can get some information from you. And I'd like to reach out to you and just say uh, thank you for coming and welcome. And if you want to know more about 
me or about the church here, about our vision. Uh, we'd love to get together with you over a cup of coffee or, or, uh, or a cup of tea or whatever you like, just to get to know you and maybe answer any questions. But we're so glad that you're here. I want to read you a scripture here. Listen to this. This is the Apostle John wrote this. He said, Beloved. We got any beloved here? Amen. Amen. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, the Holy Spirit included this very simple prayer, but the Holy Spirit saw fit to include this prayer of the Apostle John in the Scriptures for you and I. Now, I'm sure of this. If it's in the Scriptures, this prayer would have to be in alignment with God's will, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be in there if it wasn't. Isn't that true? You know, most of our questions usually are sent around because we don't know. We don't know what God said, so we have a question. But as soon as we find out what God said about it, that's the end of the question, isn't it? And he said here, he said, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Wow. Anybody got any things that you need to prosper in? Your family, your marriage, your relationships, your work, your career. Amen. Your investments, your money. Just go right on that. Because He said all things. And you know this word translated all in the Greek here. You know what it means, don't you? You're smart. All. <laughs> and you know, that'd be pretty good if you just stopped right there, didn't it? He said, and be in health. What does God want for us to be in health? Isn't that right? Sure He does. And so, you know, if, if we're having a health challenge, we got this confidence that God wants us well. So, you know, I found out, when I found out that God is for me for something, man, I can stand and fight the good fight of faith, can't you? He wants you to be in health. Just as your soul prospers. Amen? And if you're a believer in Christ, I'm going to tell you, your soul is prospering. Isn't that true? Let me just encourage you. You know, we were talking about, you know, in the song, I'm no longer a slave of fear. You know, I found that with most believers and probably most people, one of the biggest areas that we allow fear to control us is in the area of our finances. We're either afraid of losing our source of finances, losing our job. We're afraid that we won't have enough. We're afraid that something's going to happen and we're going to lose what we got. So much of fear governs our attitudes towards our money. And you know, you can tell whether or not fear is controlling you by the way that you manage your money. Are you listening? You remember the parable of the, the five, the two, and the one, right? You remember that? And the guy with fear, he tried to, he was so afraid that he thought, you know, if I can just hold on to what I got, maybe I'll be okay. You know, that's where a lot of Christians are. But you know what? Money is to be our servant. It's to serve you. You know why? Jesus, why the master commended the other two? Because they made their money work for them. Money is to work for us. I'm trying to help you out here. I want to help you out. Money is to work for us. 
Amen. I'm not afraid of, of, you know, of losing my money because what? Money's not my source. God's my source. But if I let fear rule me, then I won't. I will never invest. Do you know you can take money and invest in yourself? You can, you can invest in yourself. You, you, can, you can go back to school. You can take a, a, a course online. You can learn how to use a, a computer more proficiently. You can do things. You can invest in yourself with some of that money. And you know what? It'll give you the ability to make more money. You say, well, I, I don't want any more money. Listen, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. We all could use more money. We all want more money. Because what? We want to be able to give. We want to be able to be generous, don't we? We want to be able to give into the kingdom. Isn't that right? And not be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. Because what? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. (laughs) He's our source. So here's the thing. When we don't let our attitudes control us, then all of a sudden money begins to work for us rather than against us. We we can invest it. And this morning, one area that we invest in is in the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? Now I want to give you an investment opportunity this morning. And people say, oh, you shouldn't talk about it that way. Well, that's what it is. Are you listening? Paul had partners. What is a partner? Anybody ever started up a business or anything and you had partners? Well, probably those partners invested. Isn't that right? M-O-N-E-Y. We get so holy when it comes to money. Listen, don't be afraid of money. Money is sent to serve you. It's to be a blessing to you. And one of the ways you combat fear in the area of money is what? Is to invest. Now listen to this. Coming up in May... Dr. Vickers is going to be going to Uganda on a trip. Now listen to this. This is what you can invest in. He's going to be in a minister's conference. It's going to be providing uh, training for village pastors. They're going to bring in those pastors. They're going to stay at the conference ground. They're going to take care of them. And they're going to pour into them. One of the great needs in that nation is for trained leaders. Listen. Most of us, we can't go. But you know what? We can partner... We can invest. They're going to put in place a system of ongoing training. Now get this. They're going to work with a regional organization that has, get this, 8,000 small groups. Say 8,000 with me. 8,000. 30 people per group. Now that works out, if my math is right, to about 240,000 people. That's about the size of Montgomery. Almost a quarter. So they're going to be, and and you know, there's other things they're going to be doing too, but this is an opportunity for investment, Passion Church. And I tell you, when you invest in the kingdom of God, you know, there's no investor that ever invests in a startup, in the stock market, or anything that doesn't expect a return. Why we got the idea in church that, that God was different, that if we invest in the kingdom, if we invest in missions, if we invest in the gospel, you oughtn't to expect a return. Really. 
Well, if you don't get a return, how are you going to be able to keep investing? And especially when God says, if you give, it's going to be given back to you. So this morning, not only here in the local church, but I want you, if you will, to invest in our missions, the special uh, missions outreach to the nation of Uganda, okay? You can just put there on your uh, offering envelope, you can mark missions, or you can just put Africa, you can put Dr. V, any of those things we'll know. Also, you can go on our website, and along with uh, giving on our website, and give, also you can use your credit card. If you want to give by credit card, you can do that. There's a special pull down under uh, uh, the Montgomery campus there, our Montgomery campus, if you go there, there's a special pull down under the giving, and you can see a designated spot there that you can give for, especially for Dr. Vickers and our missions outreach to Uganda. Listen. Cindy and I, we cut our teeth as missionaries. Listen, I, I know this is the mandate that God has, is that what? We reach out beyond ourselves. I don't want to get so focused on myself and my needs that I can't what? That I can't look out and see a harvest field, see people in need, and be willing to what? Stretch my faith and my giving and give to them. Amen? Praise God. Well, we're going to pray. The ushers are going to pass the envelopes and everything. And then I encourage you, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. Whatever He prompts you to do, you do it. You say, well, the Spirit didn't prompt me to do anything. Then just do something as an act of faith and generosity. Father, thank You for the opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. Not only here in our church, in our city, but Father, in Africa. Father, to affect a nation, to make a difference, oh God. Father, because I know that what happens there in Uganda is going to spread throughout Africa. Lord, those pastors are going to raise up people. They're going to be sent out into the nations there in Africa. Father, your gospel is going to grow exponentially. And Father, I thank you that we will seize our opportunity. Lord, we, we are believing for some big things here for us. But Father, we want to make it happen for others first. We want to sow into other people's lives. We want to make a difference, oh God. Thank you, Father, for your faithful people here at Passion Church. Bless them abundantly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As the guys are giving, let me just uh, make one further comment. Uh, we have, speaking of comments, we've started, we're starting something here. Uh, we want to get some feedback from you, Passion Church. So we've uh, created a comment card here. Uh, it's got a name, email, uh, phone number if you want to fill it out. And then it's got a few lines there for a comment. We want to get feedback from you about anything that you see that we could do better. We don't, we don't think that, you know, boy... I've been meeting with our, our, our leaders these, this last month or so. And like I was telling them, and I tell you all the time, I don't think I have all the answers. So if you see something that, that we could do better, if you see something that, you know, we're just not doing well at all, then, you know, fill out a comment card, put it in the offering bucket, or give it to an usher, or give it to Cindy and I, and, you know, and uh, if you put your name and your contact information, 
we will get back in touch with you, okay? Not to say, why did you complain about this? But to say, okay, what can we do to fix this? What, what's your insight? What's your, uh, 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 what, what's God saying to you? Is God speaking to you something? So we want to do a better job of what we're doing ministry-wise. We, we want to do uh, uh, the best that we can under God. And you know what? If we all are involved, what? We all do better. So these comment cards will be available every week. They'll be out on the info table. You can ask the ushers from time to time. We're going to pass them. So please, uh, pick up one of these. Fill it out as you have opportunity. If you can't do it today, take one home. Bring it back next Sunday. And uh, we appreciate your feedback.
guys, appreciate that. Glory to God. Oh, thank you. I was just about to say I need some light. You guys are on top of it. We're talking about fellowship this month. This is our series. Of course, last week, Brother Danny was here. How many of you were here? Enjoyed Brother Danny's ministry, as always. But just a little bit to review, you know, because it's been a little bit. We talked about what is fellowship. We said fellowship is companions traveling together. This is, these are some of the connotations from the Scriptures. that it's, uh, it's climbing together. You know, one of the Scriptures that I like, uh, and it was from the, uh, from the message. I want to get it out here. I brought it here. I want to read it to you. talked about Jesus in selecting His disciples. It says, He climbed a mountain and invited those he wanted with him, and they climbed together. You know, that's, that's one of the best definitions I can think of of fellowship, especially as believers. We're climbing together. We're on a journey together. So we're traveling together. It also means partnering together, that we're in partnership not only with God, but with one another. Because the Scripture says that God has put all of us in the body as it pleased Him, and so every part Working along with every other part causes what? The increase. So we're partnering. We're participators. You know, by our praying, our serving, our giving, just like you just did. You, you gave. We prayed this morning. You know, here at Passion Church, you know, this is why when we come together, we worship God. See, that's part of fellowship. We're going to be talking about fellowshipping with God today. But, you know, fellowship is us coming together. Why do we do this corporately? We come together corporately because there is a dynamic that happens when we all come together that is totally different when you're just by yourself in your prayer closet. Now, that's a wonderful time, and we're going to be talking about that some this morning, and we certainly need that, but we also need this time of coming together where, uh, you know, because Jesus said when two or three come together, what? His promise is what? I'm going to be right there in the middle. Wow. I like it when Jesus is in the middle, don't you? If you're going through trouble, find another believer and get together, and you'll find Jesus in the middle of your trouble. You know, uh, God just kind of spoke a word for me, uh, for you, for Passion Church, and that that is this, that He's going to give you double for your trouble. A double anointing, a double portion of anointing, a double portion of provision, and a double portion of favor. He's going to give you double for your trouble. Amen. But connecting on a deeper level, all of this has to do with fellowship. And this is what we talked about with fellowship. And this morning we're going to be talking about fellowshipping with the Father. It's so important. You know, uh, Jesus, speaking to His followers, He made this amazing statement. Listen to this. This is eternal life. To know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus the Messiah. Now, I wonder this morning if we went to all the different churches and we asked them, the people there, what is, what is eternal life? Give me the definition of eternal life. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's confessing and believing on Jesus. It's, it's it, you know, it's, it's, it's being a part of a body of Christ. It's, you know, and we can probably get all those definitions, and they all have some degree of, of, of correctness about them. But the bottom line of what Jesus said eternal life was, is what? It's fellowship. So that makes this topic pretty important, doesn't it? Because it's about life. 
fellowship is about life. And he said that when we come together, one with another, and we start to fellowship with the Father, that's when we know what? That we have life. That there's life in us. When we worship, you know what? That's when I know there's life flowing through me. When I pray, that's when I know that there's life flowing through me. When I serve other people, that's when I know that the life of God is flowing through me. It's about fellowship. Amen? Real life, the God life, is about knowing the Father and the Son and connecting with them. Not only in the new birth, but growing in that relationship what? By continual fellowship. Now, here's the thing. I, when, I, when I first got saved, I heard this. And when I first heard it, I was young. And I thought, well, that sounds right. You know, we would say, well, all I need is Jesus and me. You ever heard anybody say that? Boy, I only, man, as long as it's me and Jesus, I got it made. And, you know, when I was younger in the Lord, I thought, that's right. That's just me and Jesus. I mean, you know, I was young, you know. I, man, I could do it all, I thought. I didn't need anybody but Jesus, I thought. And then, but, but when I began to grow some and, and, and see what the Scripture says, I found out that was totally wrong. That I do need others. I need you. We need each other. We need the body of Christ. We need other believers. We're not just an island to ourselves. Amen? And we will never grow and develop as strong, mature, adult Christians We will never become true disciples as Jesus intended without the fellowship of one another and ongoing fellowship with the Father and with His Son. Amen? So we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, If you'll look over there in John 15, we're going to start there. This is Jesus is comparing the body of Christ. He's comparing our relationship in our fellowship with God, to a vine and to branches. He said, I am the vine. He said, and you are the branches. Isn't that right? And every branch in me, verse 1, he said, I am the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more. Verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you. That literally means to make your home or to live in Him, just as I live in you, Speak Jesus speaking. Well, we know the Bible says that He's living in us. Isn't that right? If we're a believer, He said, you are the temple, the dwelling place. We can say it this way, you are the residence of God. He makes His residence in you. He said, now, you abide in me in the same way I'm abiding in you. And we know in John 17, Jesus prayed that prayer, didn't He? That they may be one just as you, Father, and I are one. That they may be one in us. I and you and you and them and us and them. (laughs) Like, wow. One person abiding. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We know this in the natural that from the vine all the nutrients that is necessary, it comes what? It comes from the vine into the branches, doesn't it? And from the branches, there is fruit that is born. Amen? And you know, fruit is not for the branch, is it? The the fruit on on the branch is not for the branch to consume. 
The fruit is that what? Others may consume it. Isn't that right? And as we abide in Him, there is fruit that is brought forth in our life, and that fruit is what? For others to eat from. Remember the scripture where it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good? Well, how do people taste of the Lord? From the fruit that's produced in our lives through our ongoing fellowship with the Father. Let's look at some of that fruit. You, you probably know this. Look in Galatians 5. Let's turn over there anyway, even though you may know this. It would be good to see it again. Galatians 5. about verse 22. He said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I know, you know, here, probably in your Bible, like it is in mine, the word Spirit there is capitalized. But now, here's the thing. Uh, Not that I'm a Greek scholar, but... I know this much about it. In the Greek language, there was no punctuation and no capital letters like there is in English. So you had to look at the way it was used and the usage of it as you're translating it into English. And if you, if you speak or, or write more than one language, you know this is true in a lot of languages. You can, one thing that is spoken in another language, you can't just always literally just put it uh, uh, verbatim into English in another language. And I believe that's the case here, that the word spirit there really is talking about you and I, our human spirit that has been born again and is in Christ Jesus in fellowship with God. Because Jesus said, where is the fruit going to be grown? On the branch. Well, the Holy Spirit's not the branch. Is He? No, we're the, He said, you're the branches. Where's the fruit grow? On the branches. Who's the branches? I'm going to keep saying this. We ain't going to move on until you respond. (laughs) Who's the vine? Who's the branches? Where's the fruit grow? Okay, and the fruit is for who? You get it. I like it. But some of this fruit, what? He said, it's love, it's joy, it's peace. See, this is what other people should be, what? As we are fellowshipping with the Father and with the Son, this fruit is produced in our life, and this is what other people see. This is what other people feed off of. They feed from the love of God that's, that's growing out of our spirit, that fruit that's growing there, that long-suffering, that gentleness, that patience. Hello? So they taste and see that the Lord is... So, so by the Spirit is one way we abide in Him... We're, we're abiding in the vine, and we have fellowship through the Holy Spirit, but then what? The fruit is grown in our life. That's what God wants. Then also, we understand this. Look back over in John 15 again. <coughs> Pardon me. John 15. He goes on to speak. <coughs> that, let's look in verse 7. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. See, how do we fellowship with God? One of the ways, not only through the Spirit, but we fellowship with God, what? Through the Word. Through the Word. The Bible says that this Word, we call the Bible, the Word of God, the Bible, it is, that Word is a living thing. 
You know what distinguishes the words in this book above every other words in any other book, whether it's a book of another religion or a book of science, a book of philosophy or a book of history is, is that these words come from God. And the scripture says that when God spoke, he also breathed into them. You ever notice when you talk, if you put your hand up in front of your, put your hand up in front and just say your name. You feel anything? You know what you feel? Breath. You can't speak without what? Breath. And see these words, when God spoke them, what? The breath or the spirit. Of course, God doesn't breathe like you and I. He doesn't breathe oxygen. He's a spirit. <laughs> but he breathed what? Part of himself, the spirit, life into these words. And so when we begin to feed on the Word and fellowship with God in the Word, what? Then what is contained in these words can come alive in us. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we feed on this book, the Bible, we meditate on it, we feed on it, we're fellowshipping with God, God's Word and, God, and the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, God will begin to speak to us out of this Bible. And listen, uh, you know, I read something. Uh, you know, I'm not going to repeat names, but I, some talking head on TV, you know, was talking about because the vice president said, you know, talked about Jesus talking to him. They said, well, he's mentally ill. Well, I guess I'm mentally ill too. <laughs> You know, these, these people, they said, it's all right to talk to Jesus, but boy, if Jesus is talking to you, you've got a problem. No, I'm going to tell you what, if Jesus is not talking to you, you've got a problem. Amen. 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 <laughs> First from the Word of God and then by the Holy Spirit. But as God speaks to you, you know what I do? I write it down. I write it down. God speaks to me, I say, boy, I write it down. Amen. Because I don't want it to get away from me. I want to go back and feed on it. We're talking about fellowshipping, abiding in Him by the Spirit, by the Word, and of course by the love of God. Amen? We are, God is love, so when we are walking in love, what are we doing? We're abiding in Him. 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to read this to you, verse 12. <clears throat> now God is, He's speaking here, He said, God is love and he that abides in love abides in God, amen, and God in him. We know we've passed from death unto life because what? We prophesy. We jump the pew. We have special lights when we worship. No. All, see, all that stuff, that's superfluous. We don't, you don't really need that. Amen. Some of the greatest meetings I've ever been in is out in the middle of nowhere under a brush arbor where the, you know, when everybody worshiped, it stirred up such a cloud, you couldn't, you, you thought it was a glory cloud because you couldn't see nobody. <laughs> You've been to some of those meetings, I'm sure, in Africa, haven't you, Pastor? But I mean, man, we didn't have, we didn't have air conditioning, we didn't have a special sound system, we didn't have any of that, but I'm telling you what, God was there. So here's the thing, we worship by the Spirit, through His Word, but also by love. How do we, when we show love 
Not only to God, but we show love to other people, to our brothers and sisters, of course. But when we show the love of God, we walk in love. We demonstrate love to other people. You know what we're doing? We're walking in a dynamic of fellowship with God. You want to bring God on the, on the scene where you work? You don't have to preach to people. You don't have to stand up and speak in tongues and prophesy. You know what? You can walk in love at, the, at your place of business, you, you walk in peace, you walk in forgiveness, you walk in joy, you walk in the love of God, you walk in long-suffering, you walk in that toward the people that, you, that you're working with. And you know what? That's going to bring God on the scene. You're walking in fellowship with God right there in your business, in the patrol car. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, when you walk in that, see, you know what you're doing? You're in fellowship with God, and you're walking that out on a daily basis. And as we walk out in that fellowship, you know what? Other people see God. Now, they won't, they won't say it that way. They may not understand it that way to begin with, but nevertheless, it will still, God will have an inroad into their life. Are you listening? And you know what? Many times, if we will do that, it will prepare the ground of their heart when we do have an opportunity and we share something from the gospel with them. You know what? Their heart's going to be open to it. They're going to be receptive to it. You know why? Because what? They didn't even know it, but they were getting to get in on a little bit of the fellowship that you have with the Father and with the Son right there. They were experiencing it even though they didn't know it. They were experiencing the love of God. They were experiencing the peace of God. Why? Because the fruit of it was in your life, and they were eating of it. The fruit of fellowship, fellowshipping with the Father. Number the one, one, another, another thing that happens in our life is there's, as we fellowship with the Father, is His character is produced in us. And, of course, that's the fruit of the Spirit, what we just read there in Galatians 5. That's, that, that fruit is grown in our life, but it represents what? That's who God is. You want to know who God is? God is love. God is peace. God is joy. God is long-suffering. Amen. All of those things that, they, see, that's, that's the fruit. Because what? How did it grow in my life? Because I'm connected to the vine. I'm in fellowship with the Father. I'm in fellowship with the Son. I'm in fellowship with the Holy Spirit who is dwelling in me. And as I fellowship through the Word and by the Spirit, that fruit begins to grow out of my life. And so there is a fruit that reveals what? The character of Jesus. And all of a sudden, people can see past the weaknesses and the, and, and the uh, failures of my humanity, and they can actually get a glimpse of God. And that's what people want. You don't need any of my humanity. you got your own to deal with. Isn't that right? Man, man, I tell you, I'm glad God didn't call me to straighten out everybody and everything. That's way over my pay grade. But I want to tell you something. If people can get a glimpse of God as we walk in fellowship, isn't that right? Remember when the apostles, you know, they, they were arrested in the temple because they had healed, the, you know, the man that was lame. Isn't that amazing? You get thrown in prison for doing something good. 
But they were brought up before the religious rulers of their day. And, you know, and, and Peter stood up, you know, and, and he boldly declared, you know, about this man who's whole before you, that in the name and by the name of Jesus, this man was made whole. And it says they took note, what? That they'd been with Jesus. You know, one of the things that distinguished the disciples, the believers, uh, you know, when the church, at the inception of the church was that they, they so exhibited through this fellowship, they had such a relationship with God, they had such a relationship with one another, that this fruit was so evident in their life, the fruit, the character of Jesus was so evident in their life that they began to be called little Christs, which is what Christian means. See, today we've, we've diluted Christian to mean somebody that, you know, it, it belongs to a certain sect or believes a certain creed. But that wasn't the case in their day. They were they so exhibited because of the fellowship they had one with another and with the Lord. They so exhibited this fruit, this character of Jesus, that people began to say, you know what? You're just like, you're just like Jesus. You're, just, you're little Jesuses. You're little Christians. You know, and that's what God is after, Passion Church, for us all to be little Jesus, if you will, little Christ, wherever we go. And one of the ways we do that is out of the fellowship, abiding in Him, living and drawing from that life in Him, and that character and fruit is exhibited in us wherever we go, not just on Sundays. Yeah. Amen? His nature, which is the fruit of love. It's, it's the fruit of love. His nature is the fruit of love, isn't it? God is love. So what's the first thing people should see in us if we're really in fellowship with God? Love. Love. You know, this is why when I hear people say certain things, and that's, I'm not trying to be critical of anybody. Not. But I hear people say things about God that, you know, I know right away. They really don't have a very deep fellowship with God, or they couldn't say that about God. God put that sickness on that child. You, you, you don't know God yet. You might know about a God, a God that's way off somewhere, a God that's austere and judgmental, a God that's out to get you with his heavenly sledgehammer, <laughs> his baseball bat. But when you know the Father of the Lord Jesus, one of the first things that you realize about Him is love. He's love. He wants to help. He wants to bless. He wants to save. He wants to deliver. He, he wants to give you peace. Amen? He's no respecter of people. He's not racist. He's not a bigot. Come on. You fellowship with Him. I'm telling you, Listen, yeah, you know, we all have different backgrounds. Maybe we, 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 we grew up that way, but I'm going to tell you what. Now that we're in Christ, you start fellowshipping with Him through this Word and by the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what. You're going to have a whole other nature, a whole other character, a whole other fruit. And it's going to be exhibited through love. Amen. You know, I know some of you say, man, you know, you, you go to that church and you have a white pastor. 
I was talking, I said, because we were talking, we meet with BT yesterday, we meet with our leaders, and he said, somebody said that to him, and he said, what? <laughs> we have a white, I didn't. See, if we're walking, we walk in love, it's almost that way, isn't it? God, God doesn't, what? There's a great song out I like right now, We All Bleed the Same. I don't know if you heard that. We all bleed the same, don't we? Absolutely. Amen. And then also at the fruit of fellowship is we're filled with His will and His ways. In Colossians 1, Paul prayed this prayer, but it's something God wants us to have. As we fellowship with God, we get to know God's will for our life. You know, Christianity is not a guessing game. Well, I guess God heard my prayer. Well, I guess, you know, God has a plan for me. I guess, you know, I hope, I guess, I think, maybe, I don't. God never called us to live that way. Are you listening? It's because our, we haven't been taught that God wants to fellowship with us. And out of that fellowship, we begin to know His will for our life. Man, God, God will begin to speak to you from the Bible, from the Scriptures. He'll speak to you from, from His nature, from His character. He'll begin to reveal His purpose and His plan for you. We know the starting point over there in Jeremiah. He says, I know the plans I have for you. How I many you know God knows the plans He has for you? Well, how does that help you if you don't know them? Is it okay if we just move past the religious stuff and just get down to... It only benefits me if I know it. I'm glad that God, you know, through Jesus, bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases and He, he carried my sins, He paid the price. But if somebody had never told me that He did that and it was God's will for me to get in on the grace thing and get on the salvation thing and get in on the forgiveness thing, what good would it have done me? It's good to know that God knows the plans He has for you. That's great, but we need to go the next step, and you need to know what they are. And He wants you to know what they are. And the way that happens is not because, uh, you know, Dr. V or myself or some prophet calls you up and gives you a word. That may happen. But I want to tell you what, where I find out the will of God is when I'm fellowshipping with the Father, with the Son, with the, around this Word in my prayer closet, and He begins to speak to me. And man, I write it down and I hold on to that thing. And I declare, this is the plan. This is the will of God for my life. And I don't have to be wishy-washy about it. He said, I know the plans I have for you to do you good. That's the starting place. I mean, if you get this thing, God, you're going into a dark tunnel and things are going to get really bad. Listen, you know right away, that ain't God. Because the, the starting point is, he said, the plans I have for you, they are good. Jesus went about doing good. He went about preaching good news. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Colossians 1, those are what Paul says here in, in this prayer. He said, for this reason, since we heard about your faith, we continue to cease not to pray for you and ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. How do we walk worthy of the Lord? Well, um, you know, I don't 
you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't dip, and I don't kick the cat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Saved, cranktified, I mean sanctified. No, he said, here's how we walk worthy of the Lord, to be filled with the knowledge of His will. God wants us filled with the knowledge of His will. He wants you personally to know, and also us corporately to know, what is the will of God. And you know, now I haven't been perfect this, God knows, and anybody that knows me knows, but I have endeavored from day one to live my life based on what I knew and understood to be the will of God. Where I've moved places, I've disposed of property, I've done things, all the things I've done, I've made some mistakes along the way, I'm not perfect, but you know what? Everything that I've done, I did it based on this. This is what God's will is for me. Are you listening? I didn't, I didn't do it based on a career. I didn't do it based on, well, you know, this looks like this might be a good opportunity or, or any of that stuff. You know what I did? What's the will of God? And listen, I would encourage you, pray this prayer for yourself and pray it for Passion Church. But listen, it comes through fellowship. You've got to spend time with God. You've got to fellowship with God if you want to know His will. But it starts, what? It's good. It's good. That's why I always wanted to know it, because I knew it was good. It, listen, God's, what God wants for you is better than what you want for yourself. Amen. It's better than what you want for yourself. God will do more for you than you would do for yourself. Mm. All right, let's talk real quickly, some hindrances to our fellowship. Because he said, we have fellowship. Now, we know we talked about this among ourselves, fellowship, hindrances to fellowship with us. One of the hindrances between that can, can also be a, a hindrance uh, to fellowship with God is, is uh, number one, of course, is sin. S-I-N. Yeah, I said it in church. There is a thing called sin. If there wasn't a thing called sin, then Jesus went to the cross uselessly. Isn't that right? Now, we don't, we don't dwell on it, but I want to tell you what, there's such a thing as sin. Amen? And it's deadly. It'll kill you twice. It'll kill you literally, and it'll kill you eternally. And there's only one cure for that, and that's what? The blood of Jesus, when you put your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary, when He shed His blood for the remission of your sin, you believe in your heart, you confess your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's the only cure. Thank God for the cure. You know, I, you know, when I go to the doctor, I don't want him to just say, well, you know what, Norris, you're sick. I think I knew that before I came. And that's all he did. What good would that do? As a matter of fact, he said, you're very sick. Sick, 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 sick. And that's where he, and then he sent me home. Oh, by the way, pay the bill on the way out. I, you know, I don't want to know just that I'm sick. I want to know what's the cure. How do we get this? How do we tackle this thing? What's our approach with it? 
And of course, the same thing true. If, if our fellowship is strained, that's the first thing I would look at. And one of the biggest areas for us as believers where there's sin is usually in our relationship and fellowship with somebody else. You know, I've said this before. I say it again humorously. You couldn't come up to me and say, Pastor Norris, I just think you're the best. You're the greatest. Man, I really like you. You're the best. But man, I can't stand Cindy. Well, you, you and I, we, we're not going to be too close at that point. You, you think you're really going to win me over? But how many times do we want to come into fellowship with God? Oh, I love you, Jesus. Father, I love you. You're, you're so wonderful. I, I'd do anything for you. I love you. And you got all against your brother. You won't forgive him. What's the difference? You're saying, Father, I love you, but boy, I tell you, your kid over there, I hate them. That ain't going to go over with him either. Get it right. Get it right. Make it right. I tell you what, when I go into fellowship with the, to God in my room, we're going to talk about a little bit of that before we close, about a little some pointers about how to do that. But when I get into fellowship and I start working, one of the first things the Holy Spirit will do is, is there'll be some housekeeping if there needs to be. He'll say, hey, wait a minute. Before we start all this other stuff, first thing you need to do is you need to, do, you need to straighten this out. You need to forgive this person. You need to, whatever it might be. Now, I know y'all all are holy, so you never have that happen to you. <laughs> but that's the first thing when I come into the presence of God is housekeeping. See, I don't just run in there, oh, God, I need you to do this and thus and though and so forth. No, that's not fellowship. That's a shopping list. <laughs> but we fellowship with him. And as we fellowship him, and we come into his presence. So sin's one thing. The other thing that hinders fellowship is busyness. Look over in Luke 10. We get busy. The biggest hindrance to fellowship, whether it's with God or one another, is busyness. Anybody got any busyness going on in your life? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's a perception thing, but it sure seems like we're busier than we've ever been. Man, I talk to friends of mine that, you know, have retired, and I say, how's it going? They say, I'm busier than I've ever been. I said, glory to God, I ain't retiring then. I don't think I can get any busier. But we're busy, aren't we? Man, you know, parents are busy. You're busy with your business. You're busy with raising the kids. All the stuff that's going on, it just seems like, man, we're running, 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 and we never have any time to slow down. In Luke 10, you're not the first one to deal with this. We're going to look there in verse, we're going to start in verse 38. Luke chapter 10, let me get over there and find my verse. It says here about Mary and Martha, and that happened as they went. He entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord... 
Do you not care that my sister has left to serve me alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You know, you ever found yourself being more like Martha than Mary? You're distracted by the busyness of life. And much of that distraction is based out of anxiety. Oh, I'm so concerned about this or about that. What will I do if this happens? How am I going to solve this problem or that problem? I want to tell you something, church. Let me, let me tell you a secret. If you will get into fellowship with the Father, you'll get the answers. Listen, I've, I've, I've experienced this when I had things I didn't even pray about. I just came and spent time with the Father. I just fellowshiped with Him. I just loved on Him and let Him love on me. And I didn't even say a prayer. And, and God solved my problem. All of a sudden, that need was met. All of a sudden, that thing that I thought was insoluble, God just solved it. it I'm like, Wow. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. But here's the thing. We're all, we get so distracted. And I think sometimes that anxi- our anxiety level is commensurate with our lack of fellowship. Because he said, one of the first things when I begin to fellowship with God is I said, you know, God will speak to me about some housekeeping things maybe that I need to do, whether it's to forgive Someone or to confess something that I need to confess or whatever. But I found that the next thing to do, once I respond to that housekeeping, then I can do some housekeeping. I can cast all my cares over on Him. Isn't that what He said to do? I start fellowshipping with Him, you know, and then I begin to just, I just begin to give God in fellowship all my cares. God, I hear, I'm giving my family to you. I'm giving my finances to you. I'm giving this problem that I'm having in this relationship at work with my supervisor or whoever it is, my professor in class, whatever it is. I'm giving this to you, God. You're going to work this out. And all of a sudden, like the Bible says, a peace that passes all understanding. And man, I come out of that place and I'm at peace. I'm at rest. Man, I've heard from the Father today. Man, I've got assurance. I've got confidence. I've heard God's given me a word concerning His will for my life today and in the the days ahead. And man, I can face life as a conqueror. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know you do, don't you? Listen, sometimes we can get so busy for God, we don't have time for God. Now, we believe in serving and using your gifts in the body. We believe that. That's absolutely true. But you know what? We need to carve out time for God. So I want to close with this. How do we grow in our fellowship and our intimacy with God? Now, this is going to be so simple. You're going to think, wait, this is way too simple. But, you know, I, I remember a brother years ago, he said this. He said, that the gospel is so simple that we have to have help to misunderstand it. I think we've had a lot of help 
that has confused a lot of things rather than just getting back to the simplicity of the gospel. Growing in our intimacy with God. First of all, have a set time where you're going to spend time fellowshipping with the Father. A set time. A set time. If you read about it in the Gospels, it said that Jesus, it says, for him, he had a set time. It says, and a great while before daylight, Jesus went out to a solitary place, and he had fellowship with the Father. Now, personally, this is not dogmatic. I believe that's the best time because it equips you for all that's going to come at you during the day. Are you listening? See, that's where I get my resources for today. I get my manna, if you will, for today. I get my direction for today. But whatever, whatever time it is, you have a set time, just like you would make an appointment. You put that, you know, get your, I don't have my phones down there, but you get your phone out and you put it on your phone. This is my time with the Father. It's not children time, it's not spouse time, it's not, you know, this is fellowship with the Father time. Put it in there. If you have to, set an alarm. That thing goes off. Okay, this is it. Sorry. You know, in, in 20 minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever you set your time for fellowship, after I have my fellowship time, I'll be glad, you know, for us to talk about that or, you know, we'll deal with that. But right now, this is Father's time. It's Father's time. Isn't that right? Listen, we set appointments for other things that we say are important. For us to be there and to make it on time. Isn't that right? If you've got a business appointment, if you've got a sales appointment, if you've got a doctor's appointment, you've got an appointment to, to, to meet with the teacher at school or whatever, man, we, we carve out time for that, don't we? So the first thing is a set time because what? Our fellowship grows by consistency. See, don't, if you're just starting out, don't go in there and expect God to give you, you know, the Alpha and Omega of, you know, of all the plan and will of God for your life all at one time, and you're just going to get this amazing download. Hallelujah, <laughs> oh, I got all the mind of Christ. No. The Bible says anyway that God shows us line upon line, Precept upon precept, God's not going to show you everything all at once. He'll, he'll give you a little bit. And then he, He's going to say, how you respond to that? And he, you, you respond to that. And then you, you get back together with God again. He gives you a little bit more. And then you respond to that. And then He gives you a little bit more. Yeah. Set time. Then a set place. A set place. Jesus went out into a solitary place. Listen, have a set place somewhere. You know, in, in your, in your, if you've got a walk-in closet, in your closet literally if you have to. Get in your bedroom and shut the door. If you have an office at home, go in the office and shut the door. Get in your car. Do whatever you've got to do. But find some place where you're what? A set place where you'll be what? Free from distractions. Because otherwise we'll be just like Martha. What Martha was doing was good, wasn't it? She was cooking a meal for Jesus. Nothing, I can't say that was bad, could we? That was hospitality. But the problem was, it had become a distraction. See, she needed 
to spend time. Listen, when Jesus is in the house, it's not time to go cut my grass. I mean, the grass has got to be cut. We're not arguing that, but there's a time for every place, and that's not it. Jesus was in the house. That wasn't a time to be cooking and fussing with the pots and the pans. That was a time to be in the presence of Jesus. So a set place means what? We eliminate the distractions. Man, because I'm telling you, it's so easy to get distracted, isn't it? You sit down, you get up, man, I'm going to, man, I'm going to spend this time with Jesus. And, you know, and you get in there in your prayer place, you know, and the next thing you know, you're waking up. <laughs> Fell asleep. Stay at it. God's going to help you. A set place. And then finally, a set purpose. What's my purpose? To be with Him. It's not to bring my laundry list of all that I need God to do for me. This is fellowship time. This is loving on Him and letting Him love on me. And rather, you know, in prayer, I'm speaking to God most of the time. But when we fellowship, He's speaking to me most of the time. Are you listening? See, I may, I may, I may be led over to a portion of the Word, and I read that, and I read that. But, you know, that's God speaking to me. That's God. That, that's, that's God's Word for me today. In this moment, in this time. You know, the children of Israel, in their wanderings, every day they got up, there was fresh manna. And see, I, I have an expectancy in my fellowship because when I get along with God, I know, man, God's going to say something good today. I'm going to get some fresh manna. God, I can't wait to see what God's going to say to me. The encouragement He's going to give, the direction He's going to give. And sometimes, you know, even the correction. The correction is good. Are you listening? See, we get this idea, I think, sometimes we think, okay, I heard from God. Zoom, here we go. But listen, you, what you heard from God gets you moving in a direction. Doesn't mean there won't be a course correction. See, we, want, we, get, we get one word from God and we're... We're running out there 50 miles ahead of God. Move on. But listen, see, every day I need to hear from God because what? There might be a course correction. Isn't that right? All right, real quickly, let me give you a couple of action points, and then we're going to pray. First one is it really is a question. This is something you should answer. How would you describe your relationship with God? More Martha or more Mary? More Martha or more Mary? What's your relationship with God like? And then the second one. Purpose to grow in your relationship with the Father this year by setting aside a definite time, a place, and a purpose for connecting with Him daily. Listen. If you will do that, I promise you, at the end of this year, your life will be revolutionized. You know, we live in a day where we talk about having a mentor or having a coach, you know, and those, that can be a very valuable thing. That helps us in our life. I'm glad I've got one. 
But you know what? We all have access to the greatest mentor and the greatest coach that will ever be. That is the Father by the Holy Spirit with us and in us and God's wisdom from the Scriptures. And God will begin to, you know what? He'll be your mentor. He'll be your coach in life. He will begin to give you His wisdom and His direction for your life. Because, see, everybody's life is unique. They're similar, but they're unique. So you can't just look at my life and say, okay, that's the way God's going to deal with me. There'll be some similarities, yes, in principle. But you've got to find out what's God saying for your life. What's your path? What's your direction? So I promise you, if you will do that this year, absolutely, your life will be revolutionized. I want to pray. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Now, Father, I pray that we will grasp what it means to have fellowship, to fellowship with you and with your Son and with the Spirit of God, that we, Father, will taste and see that intimacy and that goodness that comes from you, that the wisdom that comes from you, the, the strength that comes from you. Lord, when we see the unlimited resource that you have made available in yourself if we would just come apart. God, I pray that every one of us will make that decision, if we haven't made it already, that we will make time in our plans, our schedule, our day for time with you. And Lord, I pray that it will become the most important appointment of our day because it's certainly the most valuable one. While heads are bowed, just I don't want to dismiss you yet until I ask this question. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you have never come into that first step of fellowship with the Father by placing your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that every one of us, because of our connection to Adam, We are born into this world separated from God. But Jesus came. He died on a cross. He shed His blood, the Bible says, to pay the price for our sins. And that is what keeps us separated from God. But now a way to be brought back into fellowship has come to us. And that is by faith in Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never May Jesus save your Lord. I want to just pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to say or to do anything, but just so I know that I'm praying for you and who I'm praying for, if that's you, would you just put your hand up? Just put it up. Let me see it, and you put it right back down. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I'm going to give just a moment. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, I don't see any hands. Listen, church. As we grow in our fellowship with God, let our eyes be open to the people around us as we go about our daily life. Maybe there's people at your job or in your neighborhood or whatever, you know, Maybe they don't know Jesus. You know, you 
are their epistle. You are the one who demonstrates the life of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the care that the Father has for them. Let's reach out to somebody this week, somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Amen? You know, <clears throat> wouldn't it be awesome if we started bringing people to Passion Church, not to get saved, although that's a good thing, but people who have been saved during the week, and we bring them to church. Whoa. Wow. Is that revolutionary? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? And, you know, and we could really, truly celebrate, couldn't we? We could celebrate. Listen, this is not far-fetched what I'm talking about. This is real Christianity. Amen? Well, Pastor Walt's going to come with some announcements. Give him just a couple of minutes, and then he's going to dismiss you and pray over you and let you go. Praise God. Listen, can, can you just stand with me just for a few minutes? Announcements will be real short, but I just want you to join with me uh, to just pray. Let's stand in agreement for those families down in Florida that lost their children uh, in, a, in a school shooting that I'm sure all of us heard about. But, uh, but you know, you, you, you don't plan for this. You don't plan for that. And so uh, just let's lift them up and pray for them right now. Okay? Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the love and that fellowship that Pastor Norris was talking about. But we lift up that little town down in Florida, Lord God, those mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and all those that lost those kids, Lord God, in that school. We pray, Lord God, that your peace that passes all understanding touch their lives right now this morning, Lord God. We pray for comfort, Lord God. We pray for everything that you got to send their way, Lord God, that they will know that you are in control that you're in charge no matter what has happened, but you're the one that they need to look to, Lord. Now, Father, we thank you right now, Lord, for blessing them, Lord, more than they can ever understand. And I, we come together, Lord God, in agreement, Lord God, for what you're doing right now, Lord God, during this time of suffering, of suffering for them. In Jesus' name, Father, amen, amen. Well, praise God. Just a couple of announcements, and I need to read this one. This is pretty long. Easter Sunday, April 1st, uh, River Region Easter Sunset Service. It's going to be at the Riverwalk Stadium at 5 p.m. And uh, it will be a time of worship and celebration, Christ's resurrection. Now, over 60 churches are going to be involved in this. And there's no cost to this. Everybody can attend this. That's at 5 p.m. on uh, Easter Sunday. Now, uh, there's going to be a sign-up uh, for prayer on uh, this website, hisvessel.org. Uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, prayer and fasting guides should be available next week, but Passion Church is going to be a part of what's going on uh, during this time. And so you can sign up to serve on this website. I'm thinking this, you, can, you can sign up to serve on the website also. But, but anyway, mark your calendars for Sunday. This is coming up quick, April 1st. I, when I saw April 1st, Easter Sunday, I said, wow, he's here already. But if you want to be a part of what's happening, uh, go on that website, sign up for it, and there's going to be prayer and fasting guides, that, like I said, available next Sunday. But you can sign up for a prayer time. Uh, there's going to be uh, 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 fasting, a 21-day of, fa of prayer and fasting preceding that event beginning March 5th through the 26th. So if you want to be a part of something that's going to change this city and change this world, here's a, here's a way to do that. Now, uh, do you need, uh, listen, this, this announcement is very good. Do you need a job or do you know somebody that need a job? Uh, this announcement, uh, 
international papers is expanding and they're hiring and they're looking for people to work. So if you need a job or if you know somebody that need a job, send them to that website. They can Google this. I don't know the uh, website or edge, but uh, international papers is here in Montgomery. And so this is a great opportunity. Uh, for somebody that's looking for a job to be blessed. And if you're here this morning, you've just been blessed. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, listen, if you're new to Passion Church, we want to thank you again for being here. But uh, if uh, you accepted Jesus Christ and you just didn't have that <clears throat> to raise your hand as Pastor Norris was going through that, we're down here at the altar in front of the stage here to meet you after the service, to pray with you, to agree with you. We have a small gift for you so you will know what has, what has happened to help you know, but also to be here for you to ask so that you can ask questions and talk to and call because this fellowship that Pastor Norris is talking about, you need that, especially if you're just receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like I was. I needed to talk to somebody to ask what was happening to me or what has happened to me. And so we need each other, and that's what this is really all about. Also, if you need prayer, we'll have prayer partners down here in front of the stage after the service to pray with you, agree with you on any matter that you may have. Pastor Norris and Cindy will be here to, to greet you, answer any questions. We'll be here to answer any questions that you may have if you're new and you want to be part of what Passion Church is doing. Amen? Well, praise God. Father, we thank you for this message on fellowship. And as we depart, Lord God, we ask that you're with us, Lord God. Give us that boldness next week on our jobs and every area that we, we go in, our place, our world. Give us that power, that, that boldness of power to speak and say the things that you want us to say to draw people into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.